now for the Racing for Heroes radio show with host Brett Morash on 1460 WBOX. Uh, and it's Brett Morash. Uh, super excited to be here today. Um, and we're uh, going to have some amazing folks on the show today. Uh, the first is going to be Alana Duffy, uh, who is a uh, veteran of the U.S. Stone. Uh, and Alana uh, will be on here momentarily. And then our second guest is uh, Cheryl Mason from the Veterans Administration, uh, who is uh, chairman of the Board of uh, Veterans Appeals. And Alex, uh, just checking in, is, is uh, Alana on the line? Hi, Brett. Uh, hi, can you hear me okay? I can. Great. Thanks so much. And uh, sorry about we have we're actually uh, working remote from uh, Racing for Heroes headquarters down in Virginia today. So uh, this is sort of our austere uh, uh, show, and uh, we get to uh, show everyone what it's like working on military radios. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Alana, let me let me just give a quick bio. So uh, I, I know that you know you served in the military. You started with the uh, 18th Airborne Corps. Uh, you did military intelligence with the 66th uh, Brigade and the 525th, uh, and then you worked at a secret squirrel organization for a little while, which we can't really discuss further on the radio. Uh, and then uh, you were injured in combat, um, and then uh, you're now uh, transitioned to being uh, a veteran and met medically retired, and uh, you are CEO of Pathfinder. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you, and uh, it's great to be here and to uh, talk to you for a little bit and, you know, get the word out about uh, Race for Heroes and everything that you guys are doing. Yeah, well, listen, it, it takes a village, and that's why we have you here, uh, because, you know, what you're doing at Pathfinder makes a difference uh, in the world as well. So, but uh, you know, let's start with, like, you know, a Jewish kid from uh, New Jersey joins the military. Go. <laughs> yeah, um, not super common. Uh, ran into zero other ones. Um, but, uh, it was all because I really wanted to be an astronaut, quite frankly. Um, and I went to engineering school and all of those things and then ended up an actual engineer and was staring at blueprints and bored out of my mind. So called a recruiter that mm -hmm. afternoon and enlisted with military intelligence. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, uh, and then you went, where'd you go to training for that? I, I don't even know where MI does their stuff in the army. Oh, so, uh, after basic, after basic training at Fort Jackson, sometimes known as Relax in Jackson, it's a lovely place, except in the months where I was there, um, <laughs> where it was just hot and muggy, but, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and then, uh, went out to Fort Huachuca in Arizona, real far south, south, about an hour south of Tucson. Right. I've actually been there, believe it or not. It's, it's, uh, it's hot. It's like living in a hairdryer <laughs> is the way I just, yeah. so I got so, to spend, then, I got to know, spend a couple of summers there. It was great. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it prepared you for your deployment. So off you go exactly. to get your combat patches. So, uh, you got, so post 9-11, so what happened? So uh, I showed up at my unit at Fort Bragg, and they pretty much said, don't unpack, we're leaving for Afghanistan in about a month or two. And so went to Afghanistan for about six months, 
And mm-hmm. uh, let me tell you, driving Toyota Hiluxes and, like, crazy pickup trucks and stuff like that through the canyons out right. in rural Afghanistan is just, um, it's an adventure. But oh yeah, you learn how to change a tire real quick. No, in fact, here at Racing for Heroes, that's a lot of the training that they do here for uh, uh, groups. Uh, it does that sort of stuff. Like, you know, uh, in fact, they were doing yesterday welding with 24 volt systems um, using the power off the car. It was like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and of course, you know, as we know, like the terrorist organizations use Hiluxes and Land Cruisers. So, you know, certainly we, we know that they're combat effective vehicles. So uh, I appreciate right. that. Yeah, that's a good plug yeah. for Toyota. So, uh, my Hilux. <laughs> Um, combat proven. So, uh, yeah, but uh, you were actually injured in, in more than one IED blast, though, right? I mean, most people, one's enough. You decided to go around for round two. So tell us about what happened. Well, so the, the first incident in when I, so we got back from Afghanistan, and our, mm-hmm. our in-brief was still, I still couldn't unpack because we were leaving for Iraq pretty soon after. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I ever unpacked at Fort Bragg. And we... Um, the first incident was actually, it was a, a car accident. We thought it was a suicide bomber. It just turned out to just be very poor driving. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we were in a massive car accident, in, and we were just in an add-on armor, top-heavy, mm-hmm. up-armored 998. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the a Humvee for those of you who Humvee. don't know. So. Yeah. Uh, the older school versions, and they basically just threw ar- extra armor on so you can't yeah. make super sharp turns or they'll roll over. Um, right. As, as so, Rumsfeld described, this it's the military you go to war with, I think, is the, the quote he used for those particular Humvees. So uh, <laughs> thank, thank you, Secretary Rumsfeld. Yeah. <laughs> 100% exactly. So we, right. um, so uh, that, in that incident, there used to be a, a little welded piece of metal behind the, uh, behind the driver's seat and the passenger, the front passenger yeah. seat. What they called it an M16 mount. I have no idea who would put a rifle pointing at the ceiling in these mounts, but the piece of metal was there. and. Right. When I got thrown forward in the accident, my bootlace got caught around it. Um, oh, wow. Tore some tendons, uh, chipped a piece out of the bone, you know, but uh, suck it up and drive on, as yeah. is the unofficial milligram motto. motto. Right. Yeah. Um, I, think I, I think I could take two at one time, uh, which my liver very much appreciated. And no, little known fact, uh, Motrin is not uh, metabolized in the liver. It's in the kidneys. Uh, well, well. That's, a, that's good to know if you're a fleet <laughs> sailor, so trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I digress. So I took so my, yeah, but I digress. So I took my Motrin, and uh, a week or two later, back on the road uh, in another part of the country, and I am, uh, I had just presented a report on where some explosives were going to be along route, oh. uh, one of the main military yeah. supply routes. Sure. And because 
that's what I did. I was MI. I, you know, bad guys with the bombs, theoretically, before yep. the bombs go off. Um, well, they found two of the three that I had made, that I had given coordinates for, and then the third one found us first. Oh, and boy, yeah. so I got blown up that day. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a great time to be in Iraq. So, um, uh, that caused a severe traumatic brain injury and which comes with balance issues and mm-hmm. cognitive issues and so forth. Um, so that just pervaded for years and years and years. And yeah. finally, when I started getting stuff taken care of, well, the traumatic brain injury led to neurosurgery when they finally were studying brain injuries about a, mm-hmm. two years later. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah. So, uh, so by then pretty much everything was permanent. My brain was, uh, uh a little unscrambled side. So I, um, still had no balance and so forth. And none of that was going to get rewired. So mm-hmm. I just had to adapt and, yeah, Eventually, it all caught up to me because uh, a couple years after that, they were like, "Oh, wait, what are you still doing here?" Oh, well, nobody yeah. told me to go home, and uh, so they are, uh, right? they told me to go home. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, let's, yeah. But and, and let's fast forward because you know I know, and, and we're kind of running low on time because I still want to talk about Pathfinder. Yeah. Um, you actually had your leg amputated or a portion of it yes last year, right? But you're still rock climbing. I did. I did. Yeah. Um, so after all of that, the pain was still every day and so forth. So mm. eventually a doctor was like, you know what? The only way to, to really get rid of this is to get rid of the leg. And mm. that was really the best thing. And I'm telling you, like five, five months mm. later, I was able to uh, convince them to procure me a rock climbing foot and... Mm-hmm start rock climbing again because well you are a braver human than i am uh, alana (laughs) god bless you so but listen you're you're a super entrepreneur and and obviously i i always think of you as veteran royalty of new york city uh sort of the duchess of uh of veteranness in uh, the city so um i'm gonna tell Kristen roush that too she'll get mad that i that that's not her title but Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to send this to her later. Um, but tell us about Pathfinder. <laughs> what are you doing? So, so uh, I was encountering a whole lot of challenges and figuring out where I belonged and what was the best path for me. And I, in terms of veteran transition and military transition, and mm-hmm. I was trying to find things and said, why isn't this all on this great series of tubes that we call the internet? Um, so that's what I decided to ultimately do. We, we created a database of, uh, thousands of different organizations and services and VA hospitals and, uh, and other resources. And then we use artificial intelligence technology to help people figure out what's the best resource for them. That's amazing. And can and anyone log in and do this? I mean, you know, Brett Morash, when he's done with this call, I mean, what, tell me about it. 
You certainly can. You can uh, go to pathfinder.vet or pathfinderlabs.com. They both go to the same place. And you can put in search terms. You can search by state. You can search national organizations and find what you would like to uh, find what you think is best for you right now. And then as you contribute feedback to... Mm different organizations, not only do we make sure that they get that feedback, but we also uh, use that to help try and figure out what might be good for you to try next. That's amazing. Oh, that's even better, right? Because then you can kind of, it almost helps you with your coordinated services, which is just incredible application. And that's, and and you said it was marine proof, right? So it's like pathfinder.vet or pathfinder.com goes to the same place. Uh, Pathfinder, pathfinderlabs.com. Oh, Pathfinder. Pathfinder.com okay. probably brings you to uh, another car, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So pathfinderlabs.com, or, or I'm sorry, path.vet, and then the other one is dot. Pathfinder.vet, pathfinderlabs.com. I gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and, and uh, listen, uh, Alana, as always, I, I'm super uh, uh, proud to have you as a friend, and, and I really think that you're an inspiration to any uh, person wanting to join the military, especially uh, young ladies out there that are looking for a hero. So thank you for all you do. Well, right back at you, and I will take you rock climbing one day, I, I swear. I, I used to go happen. rock climbing, and, and well, no, a quick story. I, I used to go rock climbing until I was probably about 24, and I was doing some free climbing, and I started to go down the cliff face, and I grabbed that little scraggly, like, wily coyote tree that was sticking out yeah. from the side, and it prevented <laughs> me from falling to my death, and, and I, I figured that that was it. So, uh, yeah. So, you know that tree. So, all right. Well, thank you again, Alana. I, I appreciate it, but, and I, I think our next guest is on the line. All right, my friend. You take care. All right, thanks so much. Uh, and uh, Alex, back in the studio, is, uh, is, uh, is Chairman Mason on? Yes, I am. Oh, great. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I, I just want to thank you. And, and uh, just a quick bio, uh, uh, Chairman uh, uh, Cheryl Mason is uh, with the Veterans Administration, and uh, her title is Chairman uh, Board of Veteran Appeals. And, uh, you know, as I like to think, you know, the Chairman of the Board, I, I always think of Frank Sinatra. But, you know, uh, Cheryl, you're certainly at that same level uh, within the VA of like kind of the Frank Sinatra of the of the VA. So thank you for all of what you do with the Board of Veteran Appeals. Sure, except I can't sing, so <clears throat> you know, don't <laughs> don't ask. Everyone can sing karaoke just a little bit. So <laughs> for another show, for another show, we'll we'll talk about that. So, uh, uh, Chairman Mason, tell us tell us about what the uh, you know VA Board of Veteran Appeals is because I I don't think a lot of people understand like how the process goes and you know you kind of being the adjudicating body uh, sort of for the uh, the end game uh, for a, a VA disability claim. So, sure. to you. So, so the board is is the final tribunal within the department to decide appeals from uh, Veterans Benefits Administration, Veterans Health Administration. National Cemetery Administration, as well oh, as the General, General Counsel. Are you there? Yeah, I, I am. I didn't realize it was the cemeteries as well. I, I, what would be an example of something like that? Um, usually has to do with a, uh, a burial dispute or a money a money situation uh, about a payment, what, what level of payment. <clears throat> um, oh, I see. Yeah, I see. and so, so we decide appeals on behalf of the secretary. So the secretary 
uh, appoints the veterans law judges, and then the president approves them. And they, they, they decide appeals and hold hearings. That's our mission, hearings and deciding mm -hmm. appeals um, for veterans so that uh, veterans get the benefits that they, they've earned and services. No, that's amazing. And, and I, I think we talked on the phone uh, earlier. I, I actually have gone through that appeal process myself, uh, and, I, and I really found it to be, you know, a couple things. One, very cathartic. Uh, I thought the administrative judge that was there was just super gracious, listened to my story, uh, was very empathetic. Uh, and I just thought that from a process perspective, it, it just really worked out. And so thank you for leading that organization. Um, so thank you. Well, that's great. I mean, our judges, I, I've been a judge for 16 years. I still hold the title of judge as well as chairman. And mm -hmm. our judges are really trained to help the veteran, uh, whether it's reading the decision or, or in the hearing. Uh, reading through the, the case file or in the hearing is really to help the veteran get to where they need to, the, the information they need to support their appeal if possible. And that's really, we're a paternalistic agency. We take care mm -hmm. of our veterans and our family members. And do, do veterans need to have a lawyer for this nope. process? Um, some veterans do. There are lawyers who, uh, private representatives who do the work in front of the board. Mm -hmm. But there are also uh, a large cadre of veteran service organizations. And all of your veteran service organizations, as well as your state or county veteran service organizations, hmm. are the people who are the best people to help you. Oh, outstanding. No, and I think that's really important. I, I, you know, and I, I think I'd mentioned in my case, I, I did it all myself. But you know, I know Wounded Warrior Project, for example, was you know more than willing to help. So you know, and I think that's important for our veteran listeners to understand that you know this process is designed to be user friendly, uh, if you will, for the veterans. And how many how many uh, administrative judges are there, uh, Chairman? There are 100 veterans uh, law judges currently, and mm -hmm. uh, we have about 850 attorneys. Who write oh, wow. for those who you know support those judges, and then we have another 200 uh, operation and administrative staff who uh, are really the glue that make a make us get our job done. Uh, we can't we can't you know any organization is is only as good as as their you know as their people, and we have a lot of fantastic amazing people at the board. Well, that's incredible, and and it sounds. I mean, you're basically in charge of a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier size crew there, so uh, that's quite that's quite an uh, impressive organization. Yeah, it's about 1,200 people. Um, you know, sometimes I talk about turning the ship, and it's you know, it's it's not an easy uh, uh, task, but but we get it done. That's amazing. That's amazing. And and so, how did you get into this? I mean, it seems like you know, kind of the origin story matters, as I like to say, Peter Parker. You know, could have been a wrestler, but you know, uh, he ended up becoming you know uh, Spider-Man, right? So, uh, tell us the origin story. How'd you get there? Well, my my origin story is is different. So, um, I I am the daughter of a World War II Navy veteran who mm -hmm. died by suicide when I was four. Oh boy! And oh my gosh. so, you know, the VA, VA was there for me and my mom. Uh, mm -hmm. I was raised by a single mom in Southern Ohio. Um, when that was not typical, and right. it's, it was economically challenged, and quite frankly, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I really felt the desire to make a difference, uh, which I ended up in law school, but I also mm -hmm. have a psychology degree um, and political science undergraduate. And I really wanted to find something that I could give back and make a difference to veterans. Um, when I went to college, of course, I met my husband, who 
was an Air Force ROTC um, mm-hmm. candidate, and, and he's a veteran now. And so it just seemed natural uh, that my, my first foray into, into my legal career uh, was, mm-hmm. was the VA. And I left for a little bit, but I always came back because that's where I belong, because we make a difference every day. And that's, that's what I want to do, and that's why I'm where I am. Oh yeah, and and when you were uh, first of all, your mom sounds like an incredible person. So, you know, uh, bravo Zulu to her from a Navy guy. Um, and then you know, I my wife uh, uh, was uh, married to me for 16 of my 20 years in service. So you know, being a, a military spouse, I know you were kind of dragged around quite a bit. Uh, how did that work on your license, uh, by the way, for your um, uh, for your law uh, bar? Well, I, I held a license from uh, Nebraska. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I- in, in in the federal government, but that's one of the unique uh, things about the federal government is if you're a lawyer in the federal government, your state license is is covered. You know, you don't need another state license. Um, but you know, that's not the case for many of my colleague military spouses who do private practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've, I'm part of the Military Spouse JD Network, which uh, mm-hmm. leadership there has really led the licensing uh, reciprocity uh, process, and it's going extremely well. I think it's up to 40 states. But uh, that's incredible. The challenge was um, changing law schools after my first year, and then oh, wow. leaving, leaving VA and moving to Germany, where they didn't know what to do with a GS13 attorney. Uh, mm. <laughs> no, I can imagine that that would be, you know, kind of a square uh, peg in a round hole kind of question for them. And uh, and your husband, like he served in the Air Force. I, I think did you say he was military intelligence? Was uh, his specialty? Uh, he was communications intelligence, a little bit of both. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so yeah. In fact, uh, I I think you'd said that uh, he uh, he he's been a nice transition from active duty to to being a civilian now. So I, I think that's fantastic. Yep, yep. Very supportive. Um, one of my children knows what it's like to live on the military base, kind of. The other mm-hmm. one just has only seen the commissary. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Well, my, my kids were really young. They they remember being in Japan, and they remember, like, going to see, like, the Great Buddha and eating um, uh, 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 sweet potato ice cream. So uh, that's it's, they were really little. Um, but so one, one last thing. So uh, if you do want to do an administrative, uh, if you want to appeal, and is the process pretty straightforward, though? Like, you can go on the, yeah, my VA, and is that is that how you get the process rolling? Yes, yes. You always start your claim with, um, you know, generally veterans benefits are where most veterans start mm-hmm. their their claims. Uh, we have just recently revised about two years ago to the appeals modernization process, which revised the process, streamlined it. So you start right. with Veterans Benefits Administration. If you don't like that decision, you have a couple of options there for decision reviews mm-hmm. at the lower level, and then uh, you can come to the board. If you just still disagree with the uh, outcome, and then that's you file mm-hmm. paperwork, you know, or, or working on electronic filing, that's that's my new mission. <laughs> that's incredible. No, no, that, listen, I, I think that's amazing, and I, it's it's so much different when I applied initially. I think it was like six years ago, and it, you know, that process just took a number of years to kind of play itself out. So, uh, again, thank you for all you do and your team. Um, but one uh, thing, uh, Chairman Mason. This is a Racing for Heroes show, so we do have to ask an automotive question. Um, and I know that you uh, had a dream, I believe, of being in the Demolition Derby. Is that right? Yeah, you know, I'm a Southern Ohio girl. You know, fair time. I spent my, <laughs> my Friday, Saturday nights under the lights watching Demolition. But, you know, I inherited my father's lead foot. Uh, he used to take me for rides. It's one of my favorite memories of uh, blowing out the carburetor in the convertible, 
on the back roads of southern Ohio. So I have been known when we had a Cadillac who uh, that the Cadillac really hugged hugged the road very well to uh, to maybe go out on the back roads a bit and enjoy my driving. Um, That's and amazing. I, I do enjoy driving. I aspire to to get on a track sometime and drive, but my family is very scared of that possibility. Well, listen, uh, Chairman Mason, you are invited down to Danville this weekend, though. Uh, we, we are having charity laps with a pace car, so you can only go so fast. Although, if you still have that Cadillac, I'm assuming it goes above 120 on the speedometer. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, Cadillacs, no, 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 uh, not passing judgment, but they don't seem to last as long as some of the other cars we, we have. So, well, what, are you, what are you driving now? Uh, we, we have one Chevy that's 20 years old and three Fords. So I could be driving any of those. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for you. That's good for you. And I, I think that there's probably some smiles in the back over here at Race for Heroes headquarters uh, about your choice of American muscle. So I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm, try, I'm working on a, on a uh, uh, trying to get my husband to get me a uh, convertible, but I'm, I haven't been successful yet. But, uh, you know, one of these days I might just bring one home. <laughs> Well, you're the chairman of the board. I mean, what would Frank Sinatra do? He would just go get it. He would, so, yes, yeah, but, you know, uh, i got to get that second kid out of college first. Oh, <laughs> that's true, true. Fair enough. All right. Well, listen, uh, Chairman, we are getting to the end of our show, so I, I want to thank you uh, for being on and, uh, and all your good work. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, and I, I must say I very much enjoyed Elena's interview. Uh, it's people like Elena and other veterans and military family members that inspire me to do what I do every day. So thank you for what you do, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. All, all, all the best, and thanks again. And for our Racing for Heroes fans, uh, we, as we kind of wrap up the December uh, show, uh, we are uh, having our major fundraiser for the end of the year. It's COVID-19. Um, Responsible, you can uh, go to our website, www.racingforheroes.org, uh, and uh, take a look at uh, Charity Laps. You get an opportunity to drive on the race car. I'm sorry, drive on the track, on the racetrack, uh, on the southern course uh, for about uh, three laps uh, uh, behind the pace car. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to have uh, Jimmy Spretcher is going to be bringing his drag car. So if you want to have a shot at doing that, uh, that's what that is, too. So uh, without further ado, Alex, I think we're going to go right into our Race for Heroes theme song a little further down the road by the, the real Doug um, Lane. So thank you. Just a little farther down the road. A little farther.